No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for listening, downloading, and sharing. My name is Frank Salvato. As we get into this President's Day edition of America's Third Watch, I want to go on record as saying I was never a fan of homogenizing Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday together, and then enjoining all of the presidents into that memorialization. Washington and Lincoln are monumental presidents, literally. The historical events that occurred under their leadership and tenures are rivaled by few, if any. Washington commanded a force that vanquished the most powerful military of its day and then oversaw the chaotic and sometimes belligerent beginning of the great American experiment. How many people throughout history would turn down an offer to be made king? And how many people throughout history would walk away from the seat of power voluntarily? And Lincoln, a lawyer who rose to that station as an autodidact, was thrust into a thankless position of impossible magnitude, only to navigate not only the caustic halls of Congress in mitigating a divided nation, but also insolent generals on the battlefield and a breakaway confederacy. His ultimate reward was threefold. He succeeded in saving the Republic. He facilitated the end of slavery in the United States, lighting the fuse for that practice to fall around the free world, and, for it all, he received a bullet to the head. How is it that these two unique men, who gave their lives in their entirety for our country, must be celebrated with the likes of Woodrow Wilson and Franklin Roosevelt, both racists and sympathetic to fascism, or Lyndon Johnson and Barack Obama, both racists from opposite ends of the racism spectrum? And don't even mention the disgrace that is our current president. Honestly, Washington and Lincoln deserve their own days of memorialization. And rather than lionizing the many political hacks that followed in the office by lumping it all together as President's Day, we should establish a Founders and Framers Day and leave the other chief executives to earn memorialization. That would be more meaningful and would also give honest and true educators an opportunity to extol the greatness of these men, rather than only portraying them as slave owners and white supremacists. Then, ah, it's President's Day. Yippee. After this, my current segment on America's Third Watch, broadcast on the Salem and Genesis Broadcasting Networks. know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ, the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. State Farm says they're a good neighbor. 
But would a good neighbor target five-year-olds for conversations about sexual identity? State Farm did. For six months, they asked employees to donate guides to being transgender to public schools. Books aimed at making kindergartners question their identity. How do parents know where State Farm put these books? What's State Farm doing about it? Visit AskStateFarmWide.com. They're funding abortions, demanding Americans comply with their woke climate agenda. They teach people that the U.S. is a system of white supremacy while stripping away your Second Amendment rights. A California Democrat? No. It's Bank of America under CEO Brian Moynihan. There's enough people pushing political agendas in America. Your bank shouldn't be one of them. Bank of America. Their lies start with their name. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. We're going to waste no more time. We're going to head over and uh, with Frank Salvato from UndergroundUSA.com. Good morning, Frank. Mr. Kyle. Well, Frank, before we get started on things this morning, uh, we've been mentioning this each hour of the program. There was a terrible tragedy that occurred over the weekend in Burnsville, Minnesota. Two police officers and a firefighter lost their lives uh, responding to a call, uh, which appeared to be a, a domestic violence call. Uh, but uh, it's it just uh, people in Burnsville are brokenhearted this morning. We are here on this program. And as I was uh, saying to you before we came on the air, uh, GCN, Genesis Communications Network, is based in Burnsville, Minnesota, and our hearts and our prayers are, are just going out to them this morning, everybody involved in this. And Frank, you are a former firefighter, and I know that you can speak to uh, the, the kind of, uh, of of event this is and, uh, and just uh, sort of clue us in on on what uh, people are, are, are experiencing. Yeah, I believe the uh, the firefighter was acting in, as, a, as a paramedic. Right. And in this instance, a lot of firefighters are paramedics that they like to do the dual role because the job calls for a little bit of both. Um, nevertheless, they're all a part of, of the first responder community. And in, especially when you get local, that becomes very family oriented. You know, there's an old... There's an old wives' tale that there's animosity between the police and the firefighters, and because they they have different functions, but we are family. Yes. So when when a brother of the badge, and you've heard me use that term for twenty years now oh, yeah. on this on this airspace, when a brother of the badge goes down, it's as if a family member goes down. So there is a there is a familial loss in Burnsville today amongst that first responder community and amongst the people in that community who are aware of what their first responders do and appreciate it. Uh, my heart goes out. My thoughts go out. Um, it's hard to describe the loss as you asked me to do in, in the beginning because uh, losing a partner, and then that's what the, the police officers lost there. They, two people lost their partners. Um, they lost people that they sit down with in the squadron all the time. Um, the firefighter paramedic, that's a, that is literally a family 
2448 shifts are what firefighters mostly do. And so you eat, sleep, do the housework, do your training, uh, go to the store, uh, everything that a normal family would do during the day. That's what a firefighter shift does. So when you have that hole in your family, it feels like a hole in your family, your family, you know, so, uh, I, I, my heart goes out to, to everybody up there, especially in the first responder community. Um, but this instance, um, should open up some conversation about the idea that when there's domestic issues in a household, the time for a social worker or, or a psychological intervention is not as the emergency is happening, which a lot of urban areas are doing, um, but beforehand, because once it becomes a crisis, crises are hard to control. And when it goes south, it goes south like this. Yeah. Well, yeah. What we understand, too, that there there may be uh, an aspect here that this could have been some kind of ambush uh, as well. Denise Simon was uh, was telling us about that. But but no matter what, whenever whenever you have these individuals, police, firefighters, first responders, when they roll up, I've been telling the listeners all morning, Frank, that the, the bravery that's involved uh, to me is just overwhelming. And uh, the people that literally run into any tragedy or bad situation, you know, is just uh, unbelievable above and beyond the call of duty. In my, in my well, this is why the targeting of, of police officers and defunding the police and, and going after law enforcement by organizations like black lives matter. When the FBI crime statistics don't back up their claims of systemic racism between law enforcement and black perpetrators is so damaging and dangerous. It's dangerous enough to pin on the badge every morning, whether you're a police officer or a firefighter, and go into work. Your family certainly knows it because they don't know if you're coming home. Right. And and if, if this was a targeted thing, I hope they catch these people, throw the book at them, and they never see the light of day again. Because you don't target people that you call for help when you're in trouble. And if you're, and if you're arrogant enough to do that, if, you, if your activism moves you to do that, then your activism sucks. Indeed. We just got a great direct message this morning. This is uh, from Rian, or Rian. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he says he's been listening to the show for over a year now. He says he found it on GCN. And uh, he says, after getting sick of listening about the Greys, Bigfoot numerology stuff on that other show, out here listening in Southern Louisiana, well, welcome to the program. We're glad to have you with us. Thank you for your message. And uh, we're just glad that you're there. And we're, we're just, I uh, really appreciate the message so very much. And Frank, uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? We are talking about uh, stuff that, that affects people's lives every day, don't we? Well, we certainly don't sugarcoat anything. <laughs> that's the understatement that's right that's exactly right you know but uh, but i just really appreciate that and we know that we're uh, we're hearing from someone there in uh, southern louisiana this morning. well you know there's when you listen to the uh, to the the flamethrower stations and the and the usual suspects 
um, you get talking points. You get the same points over and over and over. They they explore the talking points that the talking heads on television actually advance, uh, and they seldom move beyond that. I mean, a few people do. Uh, they'll get into the constitutionality of things like that. Um, maybe even have some people who know a little bit more about the subject come on. But typically, it's a regurgitation of what you're hearing on on the talking head shows on television. I think people get bored with that. I think you're right. You're right, and uh, very very dynamic. And we do try to we do try to stay on on top of things and uh, and kind of bring a little bit of a different uh, vibe uh, to the overnight uh, radio airwaves. No doubt about that. And of course, Frank, um, you know we've been talking. We were talking, of course, what was happening in Burnsville, uh, but uh, of course. One of the other things that's happening too is we've got uh, Medvedev over in uh, Russia saying they they would they would launch a nuclear strike against Washington if they don't get what they want in Ukraine. I kind of find that to be a little fantastical for for my my taste. What do you think? No, yeah, I agree. Uh, I Medvedev is going to say it. Putin will walk it back. <laughs> this 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 allows them to be able to make the threat without officially making the threat. Um, and they're they're kind of glomming on to anything nuclear right now because of the uh, the little the little eyebrow raise that we had last week about what are they putting in space? They're putting they're, they're putting nuclear weapons in space, you know. So why not jump on that? Why not why not why not whip that pony for as much as it's got? Well, you know, of course, what's happening in the Middle East obviously is keeping everybody on pins and needles. Uh, but this came from the Jerusalem Post. Sounds like there is an imam in a Belgian parliament reciting Quran verses that call for the killing and kidnapping of Jews. Uh, you know, here we go again. I mean, this When is this ever going to kind of subside? Never. Yeah. And, and I say that, and, yeah. yeah, and I say that with full confidence because that's, the text of the religion there's a, there's no changing the text of the religion because the quran to devout muslims is the literal word of allah and if you're a devout muslim you don't change your god's words so this imam was he trying to be insightful i don't know did he choose those passages on purpose to be antagonistic yeah Probably, but he's just reading the text. He's not making anything up or, or standing there screaming death to America on a Friday. He's just reading the words that are in the Quran. So if we're going to be appalled by this, then we have to have an honest and open global conversation about the aggressive nature of the Islamic religion. Short of that, Wishing it to go away is not going to happen because that's their religious text. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So this is, this is, I mean, can you imagine, you know, if that was being, well, I mean, we even have some members of Congress that seem to be, you know, you know, singing the praises of Hamas or at least not wanting to vote to condemn them for what they've been up to. I mean, I mean, this is starting to, this world is starting to get very, very scary indeed. Yeah, that was Rashida Tlaib um, in the resolution condemning the use of rape and sexual assault right. as, as weapons of war. She voted present. 
Some people didn't vote at all. Omar didn't vote at all. She wasn't in the chamber to take the vote. That was a smarter move than voting present. Because voting present means, I understand the resolution, but I'm not voting for it. Now, who the hell, who the hell doesn't vote against rape and sexual assault? What kind of a, of a disgusting monster doesn't do that? Well, in any, in, in any context, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It just seems like this was, this was a no brainer, but this is how invested they can be with the cause of Hamas and by extension, you know, Tehran and others uh, in other of these bad actors that want to go after Israel, want to go after the Jews and try to change this global narrative to, yeah, I guess the Jews are the huge problem in the world. I mean, it's, and if you wrote this in a movie, people would say, this is so far-fetched. Well, I mean, they would at least say so. Which one plays Goebbels? Right. Yeah. You, you know, because this is Nazism. This is exactly what the Nazis, this is the, the, the ideology of the Nazis. The Jews are bad. We must expunge them, cleanse the race of the Jews. That's what the Nazis believed in. And when you listen to some of these people on the college campuses or pro-Hamas people, um, they are echoing that sentiment. And I don't think that we should give them the pass. I, 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 I just don't, you know, are the, do the Jewish people have problems? Sure. Do the American people have problems? Sure. Do the Russian people have problems? Yeah. Do the Chinese people have problems? Sure. If you're going to go by, by demographic like that and start condemning, uh, then you're a jerk. You know, it's, it's content of the character. You know, it's not the color of the skin or, or, or the religion that you have or, or, or the nationality that you have. You have to judge people by their actions and the content of their character. And if we're going to look at Hamas and what they've done and the fact, and this has been proven, that they use rape and sexual assault to terrorize their victims, then I have to say they're the aggressor that's crossed the line. Now, that said... I believe I, I back Netanyahu 100%. They should go all the way to the wall. Hamas is a terrorist organization. We wouldn't have pulled up lame going after Al-Qaeda after 9-11. You know, it wasn't, okay, let's go over there and drop a couple bombs. We'll get them about, we'll get, we'll get Al-Qaeda about 75% gone, and then we'll call it victory. And, and you know what? Let's give them a homeland in Florida. That's <laughs> We never would have done that. It was a fight to the death because they came and slaughtered people on our land. We must give Israel the same, the, the, the same gratuity there. We must. Well, and of course, now you've got the Hamas, you know, demanding a ceasefire. And this, uh, what did they think was going to happen? I mean, it, you know, maybe they could underestimate the American president currently, but not Netanyahu and Israel as a whole. For the entire existence of, of, of their protest, they have demanded things that were absurd. For, for their entire existence, they've demanded things that are absurd. They build, they build headquarters and tunnels and, 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 and put rockets in residents and hospitals and ammunition underneath places like you know, UN headquarters uh, within Gaza. And then they say, you can't, you can't go after that. You can't go after that. That's, that's not being humanitarian to go after that. Oh, that's, that's after they used rape and sexual assault as a, as a weapon of war. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this much. 
the stuff that we're seeing happening, you know, if you tried to explain to somebody, you know, <laughs> you know, got a time machine or something and try to explain what was happening, uh, they might just laugh at us. You know, this whole thing to do with the judgment, and I don't think you and I had an opportunity to talk about it on the, you know, because I think this came down later on, but uh, but the this the $355 million judgment against Donald Trump along with this verdict in New York City is just, you know, that's just for the birds, don't you think? Well, it's absurd. It's absurd. And there's a lot of people out there who use the term travesty of justice, but this is truly a, a definer. It's a travesty of justice. There's no victim here. That's that's the thing that should be being trumpeted from the top of the Trump Tower in New York. Oh, yes. There's, there's no victim here. No one went to the authorities and said, I've been aggrieved. The banks were paid back and they made a profit. The insurance companies were satisfied. There's nothing wrong with the buildings. So there's no harm here, but they're calling foul. So right there, that doesn't make any sense. Well, he's, right. he, he's being penalized $355 million for building a good building and doing it by the letter of the law. Well, and at the same time, uh, was it the judge who said, I believe, something to the effect of, and there's just no contrition, you know, on the part yeah. of the Trump people. And this is incredibly crazy. Yeah, contrition for what? Right. You know, for, for what? What do you want me to be contrite about? What What is it? What, that I'm just not going, you know, be, because I'm Donald Trump, I kind of need to hate myself. Because because everybody who votes to the left hates me. I, I've got to I've got to get that sickness too. This is a a prime example of of judicial misconduct and prosecutorial misconduct. And if our judicial system were actually healthy, there would be moves against both the prosecutor and the judge to remove them from their positions. Because they didn't follow the law. If we don't have a judicial system that that is, and, and John Adams said this so eloquently in the very beginning of our country, we need to have a country of laws, not of men. When, when men can manipulate the laws to their outcome, that's when tyranny takes over. And what we saw in New York is tyrannical. We're going to destroy you, Donald Trump, at all costs, because we don't like you. Well, that's the, that's the message I got. No, no kidding. Well, it may be overturned on, on, on appeal, uh, but it may also eventually go to the Supreme Court. We'll just have to see. But it seems to me that when that, that happens, I would think that it should at, at some level of this, uh, they're still going to then, then cry and say, Look at these courts and they did the wrong thing. And we had Donald Trump dead to rights and they reversed it. And, you know, this kind of stuff, it's illegitimate court again. You know, it just seems like no matter what happens, it still plays into their narrative, into their ability to try to make our country literally tear itself apart. Well, this is, this is what was being described back in the late two thousands. Uh, when it started to emerge, the Clintons were using it. And the Obamas definitely use it. It's called lawfare. And and it's it's in the same vein as warfare because it's aggressive. It's aggressive. 
Um, it's going to have to make the Supreme Court because the court that Trump would have to appeal to is all within a solid glow-in-the-dark blue demographic. The court is is the appointees on the court are all appointed by far left far leftists. You know, well, so well, it's gonna it's gonna have to hit the Supreme Court at some point. And then you're going to see the political opportunists who are politically motivated 100%. They don't give a damn about good government or executing good government because they see government as politics. That's a huge problem in our society today. Government is not politics. Politics is the realm where people get elected. Government's supposed to serve the people. We don't have government today. We have an overgrown, overbearing, arrogant political system instead of a governmental system. When, when it, the appeal happens, and if the letter of law is followed and it is reversed, the political opportunists will say, we have to pack the court. Well, exactly. Yeah. Or it's illegitimate. And let's go protest outside their house. And, you know, all that kind of dumb stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Frank, we do have the telephone lines lighting up here. We got Anthony in Tampa, who's given us a call this morning. Good morning, Anthony. You're, you're on with Frank Silvato. Hello, Anthony. I, I hear an overlap on the radio. I don't know if uh, on the phone. Uh, okay, yeah, listen, uh, it's, uh, Frank, it's not, it's not surprising that all of a sudden uh, Trump became president and uh, all of a sudden the tide comes against him as far as being, him being a racist and uh, collusion with the Russians and uh, all these things pertain to his uh, personal uh, business uh, 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 dealings. Uh, it's funny how all of a sudden everything comes uncovered uh, as him being the villain, whereas before he was friends, uh, befriended by uh, the likes of Alice Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and the, the left that loved him and uh, he was the, uh, the friends of the black community. All of a sudden now uh, they label him as being a, a bigot, uh, anti-American and all this sort of stuff. So it's amazing the media, and I'm, I'm focusing more mostly on the on the local media here that all of a sudden they're kind of uh, complicit against coming against them. And, um, it's just, uh, if you can go ahead, uh, uh, spoil more on that, because it's surprising how all of a sudden he, he turned, uh, the tide like Reagan did became a Republican. All of a sudden he's the evil one. So, uh, it's, uh, people need to wake up and, uh, disconnect from the media because they're totally, uh, anti-conservative, anti-Christian, anti-american to this point as far as i see it thank you hey thank you anthony and tampa we appreciate the call very very much frank what do you think he hit the point nail on the head if trump would have thrown his head into ring to be president of the united states under the democrat banner how how big of a landslide do you think that would have been right you know, that's that's the thing. He didn't run under the right banner for the leftists. And and as far as the racist claim, I've always scratched my head about that because he's got awards from the NAACP. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe he was nominated for Man of the Year one day by the NAACP in New York. There are pictures with him and Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, you know, just laughing it up and yucking it up at fundraisers because he used to cut checks for their organization's all the time and he was a good guy to them they loved him but he put an r behind his name and he became the antichrist 
because he wasn't walking down the street lockstep with the narrative that racism is prevalent everywhere and the poor black community is being beaten down by you know by the deep state white controlled white supremacy group that the united states has always been yeah it's such a false narrative it should make you want to vomit and the fact that the media especially at the local levels are just going well you know it's been said enough times it must be true God forbid I do some research into it and find out the truth. I'm a bubble-headed bleach blonde who comes on at five, as Don Antley <laughs> would say. That's right. You know, exactly. local, yeah. local news, I'd rather you come on there looking disheveled and tell me the truth and, and expose some facts that have perfect hair and great makeup. And let's get back to you in five minutes after this message from Geritol. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we appreciate the call, first of all, of course, Anthony in Tampa. And, uh, Frank, we appreciate you as well. We hope that uh, you have a great rest of the morning here. We're, we're going to be talking with you again uh, here uh, coming up on Friday. And uh, great segments this morning. I think we covered a lot of great ground. Well, I, I, we know we're hitting the cord in Louisiana, are we? That's right. And we appreciate that as well. Well, Frank, take care. We'll talk to you again real soon, my friend. Stay low, my friend. If you like the podcast, subscribe, leave a comment, rate it if your platform lets you. Be sure to head on over to undergroundusa.com to sign up for our Substack, which comes straight to you, circumventing the censors and the fact checkers, because we both know that they're worthless, and that's been proven over time. And be sure to pick up your copy of Nullification, the case for decentralizing the federal government, available in Kindle and paperback over at amazon.com. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato, and we will be back right after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.